Guten Tag and Bienvenidos listeners and welcome to Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm Brian Ernst, your host for today's festivities and in the den is Mitch Brinkman versus Nathan Henenfent. Today, it's a full court press. We're tossing long bombs and don't you dare get called for three in the key. The bench is going to run deep as today, our contestants will reveal and defend their top five all-time Hollywood hoops starting lineup. Boys, welcome. I know today is going to be a bloodbath once we open the gates, but first, some pleasantries. You know him as the man with the dangerous quaff, hair so dizzying that it can distract the most titillating of defenses. Mr. You bet he gets a discount working in the Target Center. The Minnesota Timberwolves' very own Mitch Brinkman. How are you, sir? Hey, hello. Thank you for having me. Gosh, um, it's nice because I've been without my, my T-Pups for a long time now because they weren't good enough to make it to the NBA bubble. Um, so uh, thank God playoff basketball is is regenerating me anew currently. Um, stayed up and watched the, the Celtics beat the Raptors last night. Uh, it's been fun. Spoiler alert for those of you who watch all your games uh, four days late on DVR. Um, so yeah, <laughs> thank you for having me. And now, in the red corner, rocking a ponytail that'll make Joachim Noah weak at the knees, a man that knows I still have a Jay Williams jersey somewhere in this house, standing at, I assume, 7-2, Roseville's very own on your Chicago Bulls, Nathan Henenfent. How are you, sir? Uh, wonderful. I'm, uh, I, I <laughs> debated on wearing my actual Roseville High School jersey today because I do have that here as well. <laughs> But I, I gotta go. Gotta go with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, my lifelong inspiration for greatness. Uh, well, the first part of my life, and then maybe a couple of years with Derrick Rose, and the rest has been hopeless mediocrity. But I'm sticking by them. Well, there's still time to switch out jerseys. Who knows? You might get so angry you tear this one off and we'll have to do a wardrobe change. <laughs> but as a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show where I, Brian Ernst, will give you my fast five send off where I will rattle off the definitive list of the top five lesser known Supreme Court cases. And a quick message for our returning listeners. We love pleasing your ear holes and are always looking for more to fill. So please consider dropping us a review wherever you download fine podcasts and be sure to share with your friends. And if you have a topic or a fast five you're dying for us to cover, head on over to bizbear.biz to submit your suggestion. We may even battle it out on an upcoming episode. And for you newbies, let us wake you out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. And as host, I'm entitled to institute a house rule for today's game. Now, this is a top five show, but on this very special occasion, I will be allowing each of you one substitution from your bench. You have each been given a single timeout. Use it wisely, as the choice of your substitution lives outside the confines of normal Uber Cinco points. If the choice leaves me flabbergasted by your defense, you will be awarded several points. 
disappoint me and you shall lose several. Gentlemen, the game is afoot. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm excited that Nathan can barely hear us through his hat and hair, so I would like him to go first, just in case we lose his connection. Nathan, please give me your number five uh, Hollywood hoop player. All right. Well, I I constructed a starting lineup uh, based on uh, chemistry. This isn't this isn't necessarily an all star team. I'm looking to put the right personalities, a blending of skill sets together. Mm-hmm. So uh, first at my center, I needed someone who could bring the power, a dominating presence in the paint, someone who's not afraid to get physical and mix it up, but still has those those touches of class. The uh, Nikola Jokic, the Bill Walton passes out of the pick and roll, a little delicacy when needed, but overall as a powerhouse, I went with Tom Hardy. Wow. Oh, (laughs) starting hard out the gate. I like it. God. Oh, so you're so so he's not your center. You're not looking at your center for great communication or um, clear words. um, Right. (laughs) No, no. He's he's like he's like Robert Robert Parrish, the chief. Sure. The the soft spoken, the strong, silent type. But before um, I'm thinking uh, (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. The Dark Knight Rises out of my. Uh, I just try to pretend that movie never happened for a lot of reasons. Okay. Good call. But Good call. I'm, I'm. I'm going with uh, like uh, Tom Hardy in, in Mad Max in uh, in mm. Bronson. Uh, mm. Also, one of my favorites is Legend when he played both of the Cray brothers, mm. sort of showing two sides of the coin of two gangsters. Uh, great movie for those of you who haven't seen it. But then. Uh, in a movie which I've seen multiple times and still have no idea what's going on, but I assume he's doing he's doing something that's not normal Tom Hardy stuff as a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy with some very tense moments with him and Gary Oldman. It's all, I mean, that movie with as many amazing actors and performances in, boy, does it put you to sleep. <laughs> but but uh, when you get Goldman and... Tom Hardy together. It's uh, you could watch them talk about the right way to eat a sandwich, and it's it's just delightful and subtle. And I have. so <laughs> so uh, Tom Hardy. He's my man in the middle. He's gonna throw some elbows. He's gonna block some shots. He's gonna throw some really nice outlet passes to his co-stars. Get the break running. He's my center. I you know it's funny you say this because at first I was like Tom Hardy what what the hell what I mean he's I'm I'm trading him away or I'm I'm putting him on, on my minor league team but then I remembered that I went and saw a film all by myself once called Lock where the whole movie is just him driving In and car, taking yeah. phone calls and that was it and I what <laughs> and I was and I enjoyed it and so like okay yeah he can he can take a whole movie on onto his shoulders so I I, I do applaud. Uh, that uh, that that kind of power, and no one has that like shoulder bulk where you're just you know he's come swaying into scene, whether he's in a fine tailored suit in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, or um, you know scarred skin in um, Dark Knight Rises. Um, the worst blemish uh, for the for the Pittsburgh PD ever, uh, or sorry, Gotham <laughs> PD. Um, but I think a bunch I, of morons going into the tunnel. <laughs> My God. Uh, I think this is a strong choice because I don't think there's anything more terrifying I can think of than driving to the hole for a layup and Tom Hardy just standing there staring at you. <laughs> he doesn't go up for a block. He doesn't get in your way. He just stands there. Doesn't need to leave the floor. No. Yeah. It's just, intimidation. He alters your shot before you've taken the shot. Exactly. Yeah. And didn't didn't Tom Hardy dabble like in a little heroin when he was younger? I, I think dabble is the wrong uh, or word. A, a do- dove in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
so he's seen some shit probably like you know he's uh he's he's been he's 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 lived some tough life at some point in his in his career so i mean maybe we'll get uh tom hardy from warrior on the court that's what i would be looking oh for. my god i was yeah. i was gonna say what's the tom hardy yeah yeah he, he's he's our the tom hardy warrior he's the enforcer you know yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna be the protector of some of the the smaller guys on my team, I've got some more finesse coming at you in the later positions. They're going to need somebody mm-hmm. to step in, get between them and the other team's uh, big guys or little guys or whoever, and uh, show them who is really in charge. And that man yeah. is Tom Hardy. Yeah. And Mitch, uh, Mitch d- what does Nick Nolte sound like in Warrior again? Oh, come on, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, that is the best movie for people who want like Rocky-esque dialogue and just like the gurgle and mumble set of people who like, you know, just a bunch of tough guys yeah. <laughs> trying to be tough, trying to, trying to hide their emotions. Um, All right. But- that That's a, that's a solid choice for center. <laughs> Who's going to go up against this center from your team, Mitchell. Okay. So this one, uh, just to explain to people, uh, Nathan and I grew up in an era of basketball where, um, power forwards became cool and like the sexy position on the starting five centers became more of an afterthought, more of a defensive enforcer. So when you stands in the lane, as you said, affects a shot before it even happens. Um, in, in the old days, centers were the, were the, sorry to overuse it. The centerpiece of a team uh, was the main scorer, really the engine, but I love the, the late nineties, brute enforcer doesn't say much carries a big stick type center and with that i I took a a precocious actor um a lot of energy um and instead of the intimidating shoulders this actor will stop you dead in your tracks with their baby blues so i went with paul newman um this guy (laughs) this guy knew what he could do he didn't try and do too much he kept doing what his powers were and that was being kind of swarthy, definitely sexy, um, and bringing you know maybe just like a tinge of alcoholism to a number of his uh, uh, <laughs> uh, roles, um, literally in Slapshot, and then in the story HUD. I, I highly recommend it. Um, he was a, a boozer in that one, and uh, I mean Paul Newman. He's he, he's a titan, and um, as he grew older, he also grew uh, into some new roles. He he's in uh, Road to Perdition. He's great. He's a he's a just a fussy old grump in Hudsucker Proxy. And then he reprises his character Fast Eddie Felsen in The Color of Money in the late 80s uh, with uh, with my boy uh, TC, yes. um, which is a much, much more quickly paced film than the original Hustler, which, Thank you God. know, uh, is, <laughs> suffer, suffers from the, we really want to see this Chrysler take a left turn <laughs> with its signal on. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going with Paul Newman there. Um and originally, I thought that my first thought for this, too, because I was trying to think of someone who was like, you know, a paragon of cinema who hasn't changed, who, you know, this center's not going home during the summer and adding like a fadeaway jumper. They're just working on their biceps and like glute strength. You know, like they're just they're leaning into their strengths and, you know, w- what they've always done. Um, Clint Eastwood was another possible choice here. Um as someone who just kept doing it. And then I realized I like Paul Newman way more than Clint Eastwood. So, um, threw him out. But, nice. uh, so yeah, there's my center, Paul oh, Newman. Have, I, you, have you ever seen the, the, uh, <laughs> 1990s Paul Newman vehicle, um, nobody's fool. No, I have not actually. Well, you'll never guess the role he plays. He plays a curmudgeonly old, uh, drunk 
small town guy with a heart of gold. Can you believe oh! it? <laughs> what? <laughs> so out of character. I, yeah, I just watched it recently. It's it's a cool movie, but it's it's very he's he's being Paul Newman all the yep. way through. Yep. And 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 there's the uh, what the you know the famous quote Paul Newman says uh, the reason there's 24 cores in a pack is for every hour of the day or something of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. And I, I highly, highly, if you've never seen it, cool hand, Luke, go back, check it out. The egg eating scene. And then for all you, um, uh, blue blooded American males out there, um, there's a car washing scene that you might enjoy, uh, while he's part of a chain gang. So, um, check that out. Uh, so solid choice, solid choice. Yes. So for the points here, I was going to give, uh, definitely going to give Nathan three points for Tom Hardy because I'm intimidated just thinking about running in him, running into him on the court. And Mitch, I was only going to give you two points, but you brought up the color of money and the pool hall where Vincent first grabs Fast Eddie's attention, trashing Julian, is none other than Fitzgerald on Roosevelt Road in Berwyn. So you get the full three points for this <clears throat> section. Boom. Way to come back. All right. Uh, let's move on uh, to your number four, <laughs> Mitch, uh, mm-hmm. for your power forward. Who do sure. you have in that position? So, um, again, I grew up Minnesota. My favorite player ever is Kevin Garnett. He was the first sort of unicorn power forward. He could play in the post. He could rebound. Um, he could step out and hit some shots. If he started in today's NBA, he'd definitely come in with a, th- with a three-pointer ready to go. One of the few people uh, in history who consistently over multiple seasons, I don't remember, there's not many people who've done this, who led the team in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Uh, the man can do it all. And for the Hollywood starting lineup, this is someone who I want to, no matter what, they're going to show up. They're going to give 150%. The movie's going to make some money. The movie's going to be fun to watch. It doesn't have to be a great movie necessarily, but it's going to be a quality popcorn flick at the very least. Um, same with Kevin Garnett and other power forwards that generation. You're talking Chris Webbers, your Tim Duncans. They did it. They were great for a long time. I don't know if you guys can tell who I'm going to go with here, but you know the show must go on, and this, and this person keeps the show going. They are the fuel. So I'm going to go with Tom Cruise here. Uh, the man. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't this be an Uber Cinco if we didn't bring up Tom of Cruise. Of course, of course. This is the type of player is like the, the the defense does not predict what they do. They get to their spots and they do what they want to do. You know, like <laughs> they get to 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 the to the baseline drop step jumper. They get to the to the pump fake jab step uh, el- elbow jump shot. Uh, they get to the pump fake you know monster slam stare down the defender as they fall to the ground. Uh, Slammeroo uh, dunk th- thunder boom. Uh, <laughs> and- <laughs> thunder boom. <laughs> yes. I remember I mean, when I was a kid doing leg workouts, <laughs> hoping one day I'd be able to thunder boom. And that's how I blow people to the moon is with my thunder boom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, he's 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 had the franchise Mission Impossible uh, that's only been getting better as it goes. Um, he he does all he does a ton of his own stunts. Um, you know, uh, Top Gun is coming back, so he still has he started franchises and continuing them uh, three decades later. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, and also I like this too because this is the star player on the team. This is the this is who people pay to come and watch. And some star players, you hear, you know, like their personal life suffers for the sake of the craft. 
and we know Tom Cruise has had a lot of tumultuous personal life, a lot of lot of skeletons, a lot of deep dark secrets. But what we care about is what gets up on the screen. So that's my choice for power forward. <laughs> the, the five foot five power forward. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a power I mean, house. I mean, if this is actual, you know, you're you're going, you're just going with with Vince Vaughn. You're getting uh, who else is in it? Kevin Nealon's in there. You, Will Ferrell, Conan. You know, I, I would get, I would get, uh, I would get Michael Jordan and Kevin Garnett and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I would get basketball players that were actually in movies. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's cheating. I was, I was going to throw it in there though. Kevin Garnett, uh, your favorite player of all time. Pretty mm-hmm. solid film performance in Uncut Gems, playing Absol- himself. Yes. Absolutely. And I just saw him in a Royal Crown commercial, too. I think I think he's here to stay as as an as a intimidating actor. So I think they should do a follow-up commercial where it's just him just trying to break a Royal Crown bottle. He just, <laughs> he just can't do it. He's slamming it on the court. It won't break. And then at the end of the commercial, he just shrugs and walks away, reveal the logo, give him a bunch of money. <laughs> All right, uh, Nathan, who do you have at power forward? All right, so I'm going for chemistry again. So my power forward isn't going to be my main man. Uh, he's going to be somebody who can take over when he needs to, but I, I want more of the uh, the flamboyant, unpredictable sort. The guys who, who run their mouth. The Dennis Rodmans, the Draymond Greens, the Rasheed Wallaces. A little unpredictable when they're on screen. Uh, mixing it up a little bit. So I went with a man who started off as a, a big ticket star, took a lot of really sort of strange roles in some uh, sort of gritty early 70s picks and then worked his way into becoming a, a trusted character actor later in his career. I went with the man, the myth, the legend, Elliot Gould. Oh, Elliot Gould. That, that's a select right there. That's a select. <laughs> so Elliot Gould, we're, we're talking uh, just... You know, he, he wasn't a traditionally handsome man, but he was he was a big, tall guy with just brimming with confidence and just the gift of gab. Just he just runs his mouth throughout uh, uh, the Altman films like Mash and California Split. California Split being my favorites, one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, which is basically just Elliot Gould, possibly on a lot of cocaine, just improvising for two hours about playing cards. It's uh, miraculous to watch. And uh, he had, he was, uh, he's got, uh, Mitch, I know one of your favorites, The Long Goodbye. Another one was basically just him just walking around, talking to people, acting cooler than them. Uh, started to, started to get a little more uh, mainstream and a bridge too far. Later on, he plays uh, a very uh, vulnerable uh, character in American History X, uh, which was a very intense movie, big change of pace. And then really showed his versatility when he played a, flamboyant, gaudy, tacky casino odor in Vegas in Ocean's Eleven. And then he played a flamboyant, gaudy, tacky casino owner in Europe in Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> and then but then he had that but he had that very poignant turn as the sick, broken man on his deathbed whose friends rallied to his side in Ocean's Thirteen. So he's <laughs> So the guy I watched is, I watched Ocean's Thirteen within the last two weeks because it popped up. And the one wait. thing I noticed from that movie is that the man with the gift of gab is not allowed to speak sitting in a bed the whole movie. <laughs> it's, it was quite a waste. It was a total waste. Like the scene with him and Pacino in the beginning where he's getting screwed out of a deal is really good. And then he's just like, I'm not going to talk anymore. <laughs> it's like, I want to hear 
Elliot Gould help with the plan. This is what I'm here for. I know you you get Al Pacino and Elliot Gould to be in the same movie together and you give them 30 seconds of screen time. Yeah, it's a waste. I'm a, I'm a fan of Ocean's 13 in general, but that was that was I, I like 11 and 13. 12 you can you can keep. But uh yeah, I agree. Oh, well, while we're on this real quick, I just wanted to throw this out there cuz as we were doing this uh exercise, I I did a tangent one. I put together my football starting 11 out of the Ocean's 11, and it goes like this. In goal, we've got Frank Catton, right back Turk Malloy, left back Virgil Malloy, center back Saul Bloom and Ruben Tishkoff. In the center of midfield, we got Danny Ocean lining up with his protege Linus Caldwell. On the wings, Livingston Dell and the amazing Yen. Pulling the strings at center attacking midfield is Basher, and center forward up front, Rusty Ryan, bringing home the goals. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that ruins next week's episode. Damn it, Nathan. Oh, man. We should just turn this into a starting lineups of sports teams from, <laughs> from movies podcast. That's all it is. <laughs> I mean, we could go for months on that alone. Yeah, no. It's, we, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a deep well. It's a deep well. So. All right. So those are our power forwards of Elliot Gould and Tom Cruise. Oh, oh uh, Brian, can I just mention one quick thing? Yes. Nathan mentioned the film The Long Goodbye. Go check it out. It's it's um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first time on screen, I believe, or second time. But it's this very strange scene where uh, they want to check to make sure no one has a wire. So the, the bad guy boss says, oh, we'll, all, we'll all get undressed too. We'll, we'll get undressed with you. So him and all of his henchmen get undressed. And you see Arnold in the background gleefully stripped down to his underwear as quickly as he can. And then he stands in the background just flexing his pecs over and over and over again. But he says nothing. It's hilarious. So, yeah. That alone is going to get me to check out this movie that I <laughs> yeah. should have seen by now. Uh, for Elliot Gould, uh, you were going to get three points, but you reminded me of just how sad he was in Ocean's 13. So you're only going to get two points <laughs> for this round, even though I really appreciate your, your Ocean's uh, football picks. And now, Mitch, 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 uh, yep. based on Tom Cruise's recent performance on the set of The Mummy, where he gets in there and he takes a property and he does whatever he wants with it, I don't think that's going to make for a good teammate, especially being a 5'5 power forward. So I, I can only give you... <laughs> come one. on, okay. Oh, no, no, come no, on. No, hey, no, no. hey, hey, hey. But you. how tall? How tall does he look playing as Jack Reacher and never go back? <laughs> It looks like he's 6'6". Six, six, you know, he can have a wide angle and a low camera, but I am going with one oh my point gosh. for Mr. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He is not a teammate. He's going to eat up that, that floor time, and it's not going to be fair. I, he's he's the center of it all. They, that's who people pay to see. They watch. They come to watch him dominate. This is Zoom. I will mute you. Oh, my right? God. <laughs> I have the power of God at my fingertips right here. All right. You know uh, what? You're acting. You're acting like Tom Cruise, but not cool Tom Cruise. You're acting like Mummy Tom Cruise right now, and I don't appreciate it. So see, see, even you don't oh, like Mummy oh, Tom Cruise. Oh crap! Oh <laughs> damn it! There oh, it fuck. There it is. Oh, fair All enough. Right. Nathan, to you, I need to know who are you putting at your number three small forward? Small forward has to be the most versatile player. And I want somebody who can is equally comfortable in a supporting role as a facilitator who also can take over, do it at both ends of the floor. I want a complete player. I want my LeBron James of the movies. I can only have Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. 
All right. We have a stare down with Meryl Streep. You have her at number three as a small forward, but Mitch has her at number one as a point guard. So Mm -hmm. we need to have this discussion out. Uh, Nathan, you were first. So please give us your defense. Well, Meryl Streep's uh, the thing I love about Meryl Streep is she doesn't seek out the limelight. She is the biggest movie star maybe ever. And she's not one out there looking for publicity. She is one who is dedicated to her craft and she goes out and she dominates every time on the court. And she is like earlier on in her career, she had some, uh, some more supporting roles like uh, deer hunter, which was a super intense movie and uh, Manhattan. And you know, she comes in and she, she steals these scenes, but never by doing too much. She's just, I mean, she's what an actor should be. It, everything comes natural to her. And then, of course, later on, she can uh, she carries movies left and right all over the place. She can she can be on defense, that hard nose in your face defense she was showing uh, in Devil Wears Prada or The Iron Lady or uh, some, you know, some very tender moments where she, you know, she'll pull your put an arm around your shoulder when you're having a bad game uh, like she did to uh, Clint Eastwood in uh, The Bridges of Madison County. Uh, I also that was who was in Bridges of Madison County, wasn't it? Correct. Admittedly, yes. <laughs> it's been a few weeks since I've seen it. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, and and I actually I have her also. I want her uh, running some pick and roll with my number one. Uh, but I I, I, I can't I, I guess I'm going to handicap myself a little bit because I can't reveal that just yet. But I mean, I I don't know what I can say about Meryl Streep that hasn't already been said. But she is the Kawhi Leonard, the Scottie Pippen, the LeBron James of the movies. She's a silent assassin. She does it all. She does it better than anybody else. She's a five-tool player. How can you not have her? Now, I, I, I put her at, at point guard. And for a lot of the same reasons you said, the five-toolness is great. Um, but wh- when I was thinking of small forward, I, I want that to be someone who makes the game look really easy. And for me, watching LeBron James, he doesn't always make the game look easy. Sometimes he makes it look like a like a battering ram, and it's very hard. Um, you know, uh, thinking of like, I feel like Scottie Pippen makes the game look a little easier. Um, Kawhi makes it look a little easier, perhaps. Um, Doctor J, maybe with the ultimate uh, small forward who made it look easy. Yeah, I was to say he he made it he made it look very easy. Um, I was also thinking like you know, kind of like the style of Gervin too. Back in the day, you go to him a little bit. Uh, but I, I went with point guard for her because the point guard uh, in today's NBA is going to have the ball a lot. Um, and the point guards in, in, in my my point guard is the most skilled player on the court. They're not blessed with, you know, six foot ten of height. So they have to know how to do everything and do everything perfectly to keep the machine humming, to keep everyone happy. Um, and they're the second they're the second scoring option after that powerhouse. Five five power forward Tom Cruise, um, <laughs> who just keeps raining buckets wherever he pleases. Um, but but Meryl Streep, no, no matter what she does, she can do it. She can do it absolutely all. Um, you know, like you said, uh, Deer Hunter. You mentioned Manhattan, Sophie's Choice, um, uh, Out of Africa. Um, what else is, do I love her in? Uh, the Iron Lady. She's incredible performance. Julie and Julia. Um, and then she's not afraid. She's not afraid to go. And do some comedy and uh, do some some riskier films. You know, like Mamma Mia, she'd toss it in there. Ricky and the Flash was an odd choice, but she was like, fuck it. I'm going to go do this because I want to do it. 
um, which I, I think LeBron James is a little too planned out for everything. I don't think he takes big weird risks like that. And like, um, but so so that's why I'm saying with my uh, she's my my point guard because I just want her to have the ball as much as possible. Um, and um, some of the best practitioners, although I don't like the the um, the the secondary play of his, but Chris Paul is a very talented player. Um, you go back, um, you know. Uh, I would say like, I mean, Oscar Robinson is the very first great point guard. Uh, people would say Bob Cousy, but I'd say, eh, I don't think so. Um, he just got to play with Bill Russell. Uh, th- those people who can just do everything and see the game before it happens. Um, I think Meryl Streep, um, is, is that level of performer. So. All right. Now, before I score this Uber stare down, <laughs> you both yep. have mentioned Scotty Pippen in some capacity. Correct. Now, I had happened to be watching Scottie Pippen give us a tour of his Chicago crib this morning on YouTube. Oh my God, I watched part of that yesterday too. Oh, Jesus. Wait, what? what? How, how have I missed this? All right, so Mitch might have the advantage here. I have a pop quiz question for an extra point. What is Scottie Pippen's favorite movie? Die Hard. It is Die Hard. Mitch, you get an extra point because yeah. you saw the same video that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's Nate. A- it's a, it's a it's it's an architectural digest uh, <laughs> video that that uh, they they've been doing a series of like celebrity homes. Only Scottie Pippen's home isn't architecturally significant or cool. No, and I'm trying to figure out how the YouTube algorithm gave us both this video. I know, so I'm close to too. each other. I mean, yeah, wow. I I got. I, I just lost a point. <laughs> On a Scotty Pippen related question. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I have completely failed at everything I have ever tried to do in my life. Yeah. Nothing I have ever done has had any meaning. You should you, oh, you, you should watch the video because it's great. He'll be like, Yeah, this is the dining room. Don't really come in here much. Uh, <laughs> you know. Oh, but I do love this piece of art. And then he goes and and it's like off off camera, and then he pulls on a white tiger piece of art that's like made of rope and you're like this is not art dude um and then there's like kids rooms where he's like this is junky this is just a junky room let's not go in there and he uses that term junky to describe a lot of things in his house i can't believe i lost a point sorry (laughs) i wore number 33 in high school for scotty pippen my dog my childhood dog was named pippen And I can't even get a point in a game I helped invent (laughs) on a question about Scottie Pippen. Oh, this is going to be a long day for me, guys. (laughs) Well, I have even worse news for you. (laughs) Mitch, I'm going to give you the three points for the Uber stare down because I think Meryl Streep is the one you want to rely on for every single possible thing. You can throw her at anything and she's going to win. So you get three points for that. She's got every tool in the bag. She can do it all. Absolutely everything. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention, it's complicated with Alec Baldwin. Fun, popcorn thrown in your mouth, Mm rom-com. Love it. Really good. Now, I feel like we need to give, uh, well, to make this all even up, we have to hear Mitch's uh, small forward first. Uh, Who do you have at your number three at small forward? Sure. Um, I have, again, I said this, the the small forward should make it, I, I want them to make it look easy. Um, again, a, if you say like a, a beautiful athlete, someone who, who, who does it with ease, uh, someone who looks like they woke up and they just understood how to operate within this sport. 
Um, they, they don't have to be the, the, the best scorer here. This is someone who can, um, again, some great rim runs. They can do a little dunking, a little transition game, uh, play some defense. Uh, but overall, they just make it look easy. It's effortless. Um, and I'm going to go with a, a, a newer movie star here, Saoirse Ronan. I'm putting uh, for my small forward. <laughs> she has made it all look very easy. Uh, she's been killing it since she was a a, a young lady. Uh, she started out in Hannah as as a as a young uh, you know like a trained assassin and atonement is a big one. But then most recently, Brooklyn. Um, she plays an incredible um, character who comes over from Ireland and is exploring this new world. And is trying to open her heart to a couple different guys. Oh, uh, but she's <laughs> like she's tender. Uh, and then she, in Little Women, she's like she's strong and tender. She's do, you know doing both sides of the coin. Um, she's trying to blaze her own trail. And then Lady Bird, uh, as well, is a great film. I I just think like she is she. I think she might be the new the new Meryl. We'll see how her. Um, how her skills uh, develop into, you know, just becoming completely another character like Meryl can do so easily. Uh, but she's, but she's my number three. I just think she has so much raw natural talent bubbling out of her, out of her, uh, her likeness that uh, she's, she's going nowhere, but, but up. So. All right. That is a solid choice. Um, but uh, because we already heard Mitch, or sorry, Nathan's number three being Meryl Streep, I have to award you points for Sersha Ronan. I don't think this is going to be a good choice because of the announcers every game asking how to pronounce her name. So I'm only going to give you one point. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, time out. Time out. Nope, I'm going to mute you. No, I'm calling a timeout. No, she needs to focus on the court. She doesn't have time to deal with the misogynists up in the booth that aren't taking the time to say her name. So I, I can't handle this. She's just going to have to dominate in some other sport. All right? I, can, I'm, can, I'm, I'm calling a timeout. I would like to make a sub. Sorry, wrong one. <laughs> there you go. I get it now. I, I, <laughs> go for so, it. Go for okay, it. all right. Sersha, you're young. You're, you know, you're probably a rookie or second year player. You don't have the stamina yet. It's getting down to crunch time. We need to bring in an old grizzled vet. Uh, hey, Philip, get off the bench. <laughs> get in the game. Uh, so, uh, Raf, here's our here's our new player, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, oh, there we go. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Uh, and, and then you just hear, make it rain, as he comes on the court. Um, but of course, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, first person off the bench, it's either someone who can provide instant offense or it's that, uh, that European player who's been stashed for two years and you don't really know how to pronounce their name but they bring a new flavor to the game because they didn't grow up in AAU basketball. So they, they shoot differently. They, they walk differently. They pass differently. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is a, another, um, uh, a true, um, uh, weirdo, like singular talent. Um, he can play any kind of role. You Magnolia. He's, he's the bedside nurse with an incredible empathy, flawless. He's De Niro's drag queen neighbor, um, which helps, you know, turn his, his rock heart into something, uh, 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 looking like a heart. Um, of course the big Lebowski, he, he's the ever present assistant. He's the bad guy in mission impossible three. He becomes Truman Capote. Um, I mean, he, the, the man can just do it all. And also, I mean, we're, I mean, we're talking about film, but he also, his last role, uh, 
uh, playing Willie Loman in uh, Death of a Salesman on Broadway. I, oh my God! It, supposedly it was the best that anyone's ever done it. You know, supposedly so. it was the best. <laughs> also, I love how your strategy here was to replace one hard pronounced name with another, and that's what you said. <laughs> I was going to give you three hundred and sixty points, but I can only give you fifty for Mr. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Solid oh, substitution. My God, I'm sorry. Also, Scotty from Boogie Nights, like another incredible assistant character. Just That's wants what I want to see on the court. Yes, Scott, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like he, Lester, he, Lester Bangs, almost famous. There yeah, you go. Lester Bangs is in there, and then also I don't remember his character's name, but along came Polly uh, as well. I mean, the man just he he just does it. He just he, fucking does. He it. also he also plays the uh, small town cop who constantly pulls over Paul Newman uh, in Nobody's Fool. In the early '90s, uh, Paul Newman vehicle. Oh, that was okay. All right, I, I saw that on his IMDb listing, and I was very surprised to see that he ever played a cop because he doesn't seem like a cop actor mm-hmm. to me. So, Sandy Lyle was his name, and along came Polly. Mr. There you Sandy go, Sandy Lyle. All right, go. so we are going to move on to shooting guard number two, Nathan. Who's coming off the bench for this? Well, shooting guard. <laughs> We need we need our A-lister. We need somebody who's going to put asses in seats. We need an icon like the Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or Jerry West, the logo. Someone whose figure you can recognize from a mile away. Somebody who transcends the game and moves into legend. So I went with Marilyn Monroe. Oh, we better hope there's no vents on that court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I... I was thinking, you know, who's the most iconic actor maybe ever? Somebody who people recognize even if they've never seen a movie before. Like, if you travel the world, people will recognize, you know, Michael Jordan's name was famous in places where they'd never seen him play. Same with Kobe. People recognize Marilyn Monroe's face if they've never seen a movie she was in. Uh, If you go back and watch some of her movies, some of them are better than others, uh, but she steals any movie she was in. She makes it interesting because she has so much charisma and presence. And she was actually a way better uh, actor than a lot of people give her credit for. Actually quite skilled, quite talented. uh, A lot of classics. Some Like It Hot, probably her most well-regarded one. It's uh, a comedy with uh, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. Highly recommended. Uh, The Seven Year Itch is what Brian's referring to, where the... uh, the vent or the subway vent blows her dress up again. Everybody knows that scene, but how many people do you know who've actually sat down and watched that movie these days? Almost nobody, but that moment will live forever. So much like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Jerry West will forever be associated with the NBA. Marilyn Monroe will forever be associated with Hollywood in the movies. She's my shooting guard. She's going to bring it every night. Yes, she will. I can have no doubt about that. And man, I'm not going to do the shitty pun I was going to do. Mitch, who's your number two <laughs> at shooting guard? Um, the, my approach to shooting guard was um, this also reminiscent of uh, the old Timberwolves where we drafted this young, hot shooting guard. Isaiah Ryder was his name. He could do amazing things, but sometimes he would just disappear, and then he did pretty quickly. But so my shooting guard is someone who um, just also is an exciting talent, um, much like Nathan's uh, reasoning there, but uh, but you know, like they, th- this is the person maybe that might refer to themselves uh, in the third person. Like they are um, 
Uh, but 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 they they try and change themselves to have people like them is kind of what I was thinking here. Uh, but they do have that talent, that ability to in certain moments to show up and blow the lid off the place. And so I went with <clears throat> Will Smith here because that dude, when he did it, he did it so good. But then he tried to do other things. He tried to change to what people wanted uh, uh, to see him or like expected him to, to change into. And it just – I feel like the the uh, the formula stopped working. So there was that bright, shining moment um, in the like you know uh, late 90s to early 2000s. Um, the, the other person on this list – Bad Boys 4 has been announced. So that means that franchise will go for, you know, what is that, 30, 30 years or whatever? So Too um, long is what you're trying to say. Too long. <laughs> yes, yes. To perhaps say. too long. Perhaps too long. Yes. Um, and uh, you know, of course, but 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 they made the choice. When they were when he was done with TV, he stopped TV right then and there. Immediately, you know, Independence Day, um, Men in Black, Men in Black 2, Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2. Um, I also loved a sequel, didn't say no to a sequel. So, um, and, and, and in his time could, could come up with some pretty, pretty amazing shit on screen. Um, low key, one of my favorites of his is Hancock. Um, shout out to Hancock. I, I don't think anyone remembers that movie, but, uh, if you say they, Hancock one more time, he'll appear. Yeah. Uh, Hancock was pretty good. It was good. All right. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Whoa, Will Smith. What's up? So yeah. I'd, I'd like, I'd like to tell a Will Smith related story about Mitch Brinkman from about two weeks into our freshman year at college when we were roommates. Oh yes. <laughs> um, uh, one of our RAs came and knocked on our door and Mitch answered and, the guy said, uh, hey, so just so you guys know, we're going to be watching uh, early 2000s Will Smith, Kevin James vehicle hitch down in the common room in 30 minutes if you want to come down. And Mitch said, oh, OK, cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Are we going to be watching a good movie after that? <laughs> and that was, that was the moment I knew we were going to get along all right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sharp-witted answer for a freshman. I, uh, I quite impressed. I, I, I was probably drunk when that happened because I do not remember that. So um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that is a solid answer. Yeah. Solid answer. All right, I need to. I need to point out this round right here. Um, yeah. you, you picked a classic, Nathan. I got to give you three points. Marilyn Monroe is going to be a powerhouse uh, in that position, and Will Smith. You know what? I want to give you three points. I got to give you two. He, he's just too big of a star. He, I, I, he can't. I can't give him three points. He's just too big. He will get all those extra points on the court when he's winning for your team. Yeah. So he's only going to get two. Mitch, we've already heard your number one, Meryl Streep, where you won the Uber stare down. Yeah. So we need to go to Nathan's number one point I, guard. I got to make a got to make a timeout oh first. Oh my God! We got to make a timeout. Holy shit! What's going? We're on? we're entering the fourth oh quarter. We're entering the fourth quarter. I gotta I gotta get some fresh legs in there. I gotta mix it up. I'm gonna bring in my sixth man. So. I'm, of course, basing this off of the greatest sixth man who ever lived, my personal savior, my Lord Jesus Christ himself, Manu Ginobili. So what you need in a sixth man is you need somebody who could have carried a franchise at any point, but sacrificed for the sake of the team, but who also gets real weird with it. Completely <laughs> unorthodox, can go to the dark side when he needs to, not afraid to bend the rules a little bit here and there, do, do some flopping, draw some charges, maybe open the door for such evil men as James Harden to come in and, and take that style to the extreme. 
mm-hmm. uh, somebody who who's not afraid to reach in on defense, somebody who's going to get be all things to all people on any way you measure it, somebody who can do anything and take it to the weirdest level possible. <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Whoa, <laughs> man, that's a powerhouse. I've got Tilda Swinton coming in. So Tilda Swinton has, uh, she's had plenty of uh, starring roles where she's carried films. She also can play very sort of gritty, uh, you know, more realistic, straight characters. I'm thinking of uh, Michael Clayton, which I believe she either was nominated for or won an Oscar. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we need to talk about Kevin, which is a harrowing movie, um, just stripped to the core of her humanity. But then she's also played so many bizarre, just outlandish. uh, I mean, the I can't remember the character's name, but uh, from Snowpiercer, Mm -hmm. she plays sort of the, the chief administrator of the train. Um, she's, uh, two different villains and I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Is it Okja? The other, um, oh, yep. Okja, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was amazing. She's great in the Wes Anderson stuff. She plays anything. Uh, she's a gender fluid individual. She can morph between any gender identity. Uh, she does it all and she can, she can come in for just a few seconds off the bench, give you one scene, boom, changes the whole game, or it can be a sustained run of excellence throughout. She's the perfect sixth man. I'm putting her in to take me home in the fourth quarter. Damn. Now that is a solid substitution and one that I can only award 164 points Ah! to Tilda Swinton. Holy (laughs) cow. Holy moly. Wow. Take us home with your number one uh, point guard. Who do you have uh, left on your bench to bring in? So my point guard, uh, I went with sort of the classic point guard, uh, not really the scoring point guard of today. I'm looking for a facilitator, somebody who takes their job is to not hog the spotlight, but to make everybody around them better. And uh, I'm also going to bring in advanced statistics to this. Uh, PER, player efficiency rating, field goal percentage. Mm. No actor in history was more efficient than this man. He appeared in five films, Uh, mm -hmm. all five Nominated for Best Picture. He worked with all the biggest stars. Uh, He worked with uh, De Niro and Christopher Walken and Al Pacino. But most importantly, he worked with his pick and roll partner, my number three, my Meryl Streep, who he was also engaged to. What better pick and roll duo can you think of than John Cazale and Meryl Streep? John Cazale played Fredo in The Godfather Part 1 and Fredo and Godfather Part Two, arguably the greatest film performance of all time. But uh, again, he was he was never the lead actor in any of these movies. He was always making all of these icons, these legends around him look even better. None of them would be the names that we think of them as they are today without John Cazale feeding them the ball as they came off those curl screens, hitting them with the no-look passes. Makes everybody else's job easier. The perfect Hollywood point guard, John Cazale. Wow. <sighs> I knew it was you, Nathan. You broke my heart. (laughs) That is a solid choice for your point guard. uh, Mitch, do you have any rebuttal to this? I, you know, I don't know if he, like, did did he go to Yale rep like Merrill did? 
Oh, I don't think so. Um, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure Mail's a better Meryl's a better point guard. Uh, no. um, you I, already won. Like, <laughs> at least uh, that round. Um, I, I I'm, I'm trying. To, I, I didn't know that they were engaged, though. That's that's an interesting little sidebar tidbit. I, but yeah, I think they were uh, at his death. They were engaged. Wow. Oh, that's well. No wonder Meryl has such haunting abilities in her in her characters. I mean, she's she's gone through such heartbreak. So um, again, another great. Uh, reason why she's the best point guard on the planet. Um, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> no, well, I, just, I, I, for, I for for a moment there, I was like, what, what could this be? But as soon as you said efficiency and then five films, like, oh, this is Kazali. This is for sure all the way. And this is an incredible pick. I, I, I can't, there, there's no rebut here for me. Um, it's just, you know, some last gasp flailing to try and make Meryl seem mm. even better. So that's it. <laughs> Uh, I was going to give you three points, but he will betray the, the team at some point. So you're only going to get two points. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, talks amongst yourselves about uh, any other runners up you have while I tally up the points here. Who else would have uh, made your basketball list? Uh, I was looking at uh, Heath Ledger possibly as another sixth man. Mm. I was looking at Denzel as the power forward. Oh, my God. Me, uh, too. Yeah, me too. Just as a, as a Tim Duncan-esque model of consistency. Yep. I, I was going to go with uh, uh, George Mirasan from uh, <laughs> My Giant. <laughs> I, for, for a split second, I had for my shooting guard because it was like a, 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 give us an incredible thing and then you leave. I was going to go with Anne Bancroft just for the Mrs. Robinson role because her ordering a martini in the hotel bar just just sends chills down my spine every single time. Um, and, you know, she really isn't famous for much much of anything else. She just kind of you know, had a, had kind of a quiet career, but so. Oh, and that brings us to the final scores at the end of this game here uh, with 50 points for Philip Seymour Hoffman, your total scores for the game and the extra Scotty Pippen point. Mitch is coming in at 61 points, but with the powerhouse Tilda Swinton and 164 bonus points, Nathan will finish today with 174 points in Uber Cinco record. Oh my god! Man, congratulations, Holy Nathan! Holy cow! What a performance! Holy cow! And now we cannot go away without listening to my fast five lesser-known Supreme Court cases. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Court is in session. (laughs) After a series of appeals, it was determined that a donkey on Richard Stallworth's Wisconsin dairy farm had rights and could be left to graze amongst the cattle. Of course, I'm talking about ass v. dick cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. When a German immigrant was kicked off the board of his own hot dog factory, he sued to maintain his shares. The company remained strong as they went head to head in Wiener v. Wiener. (laughs) Number three, Mr. Robin was sick of the stench pouring in from a nearby sewage treatment plant. He eventually won his decision in Poo v. Christopher Robin. (laughs) Number two, the law firm of SHC was being sued for the mistreatment of retired Navy vets. SHC tried to keep their abbreviation in the court ca- um, out of the court case, but it ended up being filed as Seaman v. Shaft Hole and Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. 
after being re- <laughs> after being recognized you're a as dirty a- boy sorry yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> after being recognized as a legitimate religious organization in rural Kentucky a church decided to schedule an unorthodox but turns out very legal parade in the decision out of the fire baptized church of later day Satanists of Beaver Lick v Kentucky <laughs> and those are <laughs> the lesser known Supreme Court cases this week's for this week's edition of Uber Cinco uh, from the Target Center has been Mitch Brinkman, and deep on the United Center Court has been Nathan Henenfence, and I have been Brian Ernst. And as Biz Bear always says, spay and neuter your children. Avita Zane and adios. <laughs> You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. (laughs) 